So if we look at it starting with social media, say the likes of TikTok, if we're consuming um, short form content all the time, that is teaching our brains. You know, our brains are constantly in development and changing and and working with the what we're feeding them. And if we're feeding them short form content, essentially we're showing our brains that you only need to focus on anything for a really short period of time before we move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. I'm pleased to say that this podcast is brought to you in association with Lodge Court, who are experts in HR support. Are you worrying about employee performance, absences and leave? Are you struggling with attracting and retaining the best talent for your business? I personally know the people at Lodge Court, and they can support you with every people issue you may face. So focus on what you do best, and let Logical deliver your HR support as an extension of your business with a tailored, flexible monthly routine package that is right for you and your people. Please do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Drive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Sam Flynn. Uh, good morning to you, Sam. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. Good to see you. Uh, good that you're on the show today. Um, you are a digital well-being and social media coach, trainer and speaker, uh, and you help people manage their relationship with the digital world. And we're exploring a bit about that, exploring the digital culture in reference mm-hmm. to productivity, well-being and focus and attention. So <clears throat> before we get into that conversation, I always ask my guests, uh, what do you love about what you do, Sam? Yeah, I love that um, it leaves people, individuals, feeling more fulfilled and joyful, which isn't the initial kind of goal in what I do, but actually it is the end result. And a lot of people I speak to say exactly that, like, I'm getting more out of life now. Um, So that to me is like the ultimate reward that I can hear people say, you know, I'm actually feeling more fulfilled and more joyful in my own my own personal life, my working life. So yeah, that, that means a lot to me. And when did you realize you had this talent that you could do that with people? Well, it kind of, as with a lot of careers, I think it kind of comes about in a very random way. So I've been a social media trainer now for 12 and a half years, coming up to 13 years. So I've, you know, been helping businesses manage their marketing in the social media world and how to grow with the social media world. And um, that came from a background in business psychology. So I've always had that kind of psychological approach to social media and how businesses can use it to engage effectively with customers. But it was, it was a personal shift really that really sort of triggered the change into digital wellbeing for me. Um, And that was very much pandemic driven when I found myself home alone with three young children and trying to run a business. My husband got to leave the house every day because he worked in construction. So he got to leave the house at half six in the morning, come home at half six at night. And I had to somehow keep my business running and deliver training with three at the time, very young children at home. And my phone became my friend. I had it permanently glued into my hand because it was the easiest way for me to get stuff done and sort of, you know, be helping them with schoolwork or, you know, bouncing my baby on my knee and that kind of thing. So um, it very quickly became an addiction for me. And thankfully, I acknowledged that. I noticed my mental health slipping. I took steps then to really reduce my phone use um, and change my relationship with the digital world. And it was from that that it just got me thinking, really. It opened up my 
creativity and my psychological brain and got me thinking about how many other people are struggling with this and how is this also infiltrating businesses because the digital world's just so huge now and part of everything we do. And unfortunately, it's not always a positive thing. Um, so it, it just became something I started talking about more and more on social media um, to the point that people were, you know, saying to me, like, this has made a massive difference. Like you kind of giving these tips and helping me with this has made a huge difference. And I thought this could be it. Let's let's go for it. Let's let's put myself out there as a digital well-being coach. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah, and I'm glad you did because I, I think we are in a well, an absolute digital world now in everything we do. Mm. We all walk around with these phones and, you know, you look at yeah. the train station, bus stops, anywhere. There's even people are sitting outside, everyone's looking at a phone. I, we all do it. And yeah, absolutely. I think what you, des- what you described there is is fairly common uh, in terms of what people, and I, I want to understand a bit more from a, an organizational point of view, how has mm. this digital culture impacted sort of productivity in the workplace? And, and yeah. And what are some of the common challenges that organizations face as a result of this? Yeah, I mean, the thing with organizations is they implement digital solutions because they think it's going <laughs> to do the opposite and it's going to improve productivity and um, make things easier. And in some ways it does, you know, of, of course, digital solutions are amazing. And I'm not someone who's saying, let's bin all, you know, bin it all off. Let's throw our phones in the bin. Let's, you know, go back to the complete basics because they they do make a huge difference to how organizations run. But the downside to that is people now are just constantly plugged in, particularly in this kind of hybrid working world where people are sometimes working from home as well. It means there's things like there's not that switch off time anymore. There's not that kind of point of like, right, I've got to go and get my bus, get my train, leave the office and that's it. I can't look at anything until I'm back in the office the next day. Um, It follows us home. It is home with us. Um, people are logging in in the evenings they're logging in first thing in the morning I was speaking to someone the other day who was telling me her husband um, works for one of the well-known kind of car companies and she said the first thing he does in the morning while lying in bed is reach for his phone and check his work emails you know what's coming overnight at like six in the morning Um, and then we've got people checking in on holiday so you know again don't have that switch off time when they're on their annual leave Um, And then on top of that, during the working day, digital solutions have led to this constant notification culture, you know, a new email, a new Teams chat, a meeting we need to jump in on on Zoom and and so on. Um, Constant interruption from from digital notifications. And interestingly, Hewlett-Packard in 2005, so quite a long time ago, really, in the digital world, And it'd be interesting if they repeated this now. Um, But they did a study whereby um, they saw the difference in IQ results when people were being interrupted by email notifications. And it actually lowered the IQ by 10 points on average. So it made a massive difference to IQ test results. Um, And they compared that to a study that looked at the impact of smoking cannabis on IQ test results, which actually lowered IQ by four points. So it was over twice as much of an impact the digital disruption had on those IQ test results as smoking cannabis did. Um, And yet we would never allow, obviously, our employees to sit at their desks smoking cannabis. And yet we do fire all of these notifications at them constantly and expect them somehow to keep performing to a high level of productivity and to get their job done 
while experiencing these notifications. So there are, yeah, so there's, it's multifaceted really. There's, there's so much that's amazing about the digital world, but there's so much that means that employees are struggling to switch off when they shut down at the end of the day. Um, they're struggling to switch off when they're on their annual leave. They are constantly being bombarded. And all of these is definitely, all of this is definitely having a detrimental impact on, on their performance. Interesting study that I mean, back in two thousand and five, the fact that you know that lowers your yeah. IQ by interruptions uh, that is, yeah. is really interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm aware that we. I mean, I, I've turned all my notifications off my phone mm. except text. Yeah, I think people say I've sent you a WhatsApp. I don't. I only look at it when I look at it, as I exactly. see it when I look at it. Um, it. What else is that impact in terms of all this 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 drive to start the morning at six o'clock in the morning? Mm. Emails on the go when you get home there's there's no sort of switch off from work on holiday yeah what are you observing in organizations how that's impacting not just productivity other aspects of of the workplace yeah i mean there, there are so many to be honest i mean sleep is a massive one um you know the the inability to sleep because we're always wired and, and thinking and again a lot of people are you know looking at their phones at night before they go to bed um and that's obviously sleep is obviously really important for performance. It's why we need sleep to be able to perform day in, day out and for our bodies to keep functioning effectively. Um, mental health, you know, again, it's it's so important. There's a reason we have annual leave. There's a reason we have weekends, you know, and there's a reason we have evenings or, or out of work hours. And that's to have that switch off time, to be present with our families, to do the things we enjoy doing in life so that we you know, our performance is at its highest and our mental health as well. So there's there's a huge correlation between the increase in smartphone use and the increase in mental health. And actually, the growth of, in both of those over the years is in direct parallel. Um, you know, as more smartphone use has increased, mental health, has, um, you know, mental health issues have increased as well. So that's a big issue. Creativity. So creativity comes from time to think. And one thing that we don't give ourselves now is time to just sit and do nothing. Um, you know, go for a walk without earphones in and listening to podcasts or, um, you know, just time to have a cup of coffee without scrolling through something at the same time. So creativity, which is obviously vitally important for organizations as well in terms of innovation. And then finally, and probably, again, one of the biggest impacts that this is having on the on um, performance is focus and attention. So we are actually in a focus and attention crisis at the moment. And the ability to focus has never been so low in individuals. Um, there's a really, really great book on this that I always recommend to everyone. It's called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. Um, and it's a brilliant book. Also, there's lots of podcasts with Johan Hari talking about this. It's he's, it's really, really fascinating. And one of the, the things that really triggered me into going into digital well-being was reading that book and listening to podcasts with Johan because he essentially talks about how the digital world is ruining our ability as humans to focus on anything for any length of time. Um, the average office worker can now only focus for three minutes before they move off task, you know, and they, they can't focus anymore on that particular what, what, task. What, why is the digital world causing that sort of lower or reduction in, in, in attention mm. span? I mean, I know, you know, we all, our attention span, it, I've noticed it has got less, significantly mm -hmm. less. But what is driving that? What, what's, what's the digital thing doing? So if we look at it, starting with social media, say the likes of TikTok, if we're consuming 
um, short form content all the time. That is teaching our brains. You know, our brains are constantly in development and changing and and working with the what we're feeding them. And if we're feeding them short form content, essentially we're showing our brains that you only need to focus on anything for a really short period of time before we move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So that's having a really big impact. And that's that might sound like it's nothing to do with the workplace, but if people are going home at night and spending a couple of hours scrolling on TikTok, they're essentially doing brain training at night that says, don't focus, don't pay attention, move on to the next video, skip that one, you're not interested in that, and just consuming really short, sharp pieces of information at a time. Um, Then the other thing is what we've already discussed, the notification. So we're working away and bing, there's an email. All right, okay, I'm not even going to look at it now. I'm going to carry on with this. I'll deal with that later. Carrying on, oh, there's a Teams chat popping up. I'll deal with that later. I'm trying to do this. So again, those kind of constant interruptions are teaching our brain to move off task every couple of minutes or as soon as those notifications come in, our brain is immediately switching off task. And it now takes on average around 27 minutes for our brains to get fully back 100% on the task we were on. Um, But with the constant stream of notifications, we're never even hitting that 27 minutes because there's more coming in. So, um, yeah, essentially, we're never given the opportunity to just focus for a set period of time on anything. We're not actually given that opportunity. And as a result, our brains are learning not to. They're losing the ability to focus and pay attention um, and all so, is so not how lost do, So that. how do how do we sort of train our brain? I mean, yeah. besides just stop watching TikTok, but what <laughs> else can we do to try and positively train our brains to increase our focus and attention? Yeah, and, and we absolutely can. Just as much as we've trained our brains to not focus and pay attention, we can do the opposite. Um, you've already mentioned one of them. Do things like turn off all your notifications so you're not giving the opportunity for notifications to cause that interruption. And then things like meditation really, really help. You know, we're all when we all first start meditating, we're all pretty rubbish at it generally. And a lot of people give up because they say, I just can't switch off. But even if you start with 30 seconds of trying to switch off and then it increase that to a minute and so on, you know, to the point where you can actually just focus solely on your breathing for a prolonged period of time, that really helps. Things like going for a walk and really tuning into every sense. So asking yourself, what can I hear right now? And and noticing every little sound you can hear really focuses your brain on paying attention to everything around you. What can I smell? What can I see? Um, and this that's something that's actually really calming when you do it regularly. I find it's really a great way to release stress as well. Um, you know, I take the dog for a walk and I do this regularly now. I used to years ago be, you know, earphones in and listening to podcasts, but now I realize actually that's my time to de-stress, switch on my senses and do some brain training. Um, and then things like puzzles, you know, working on puzzles, it, things like that, you know, have always been called brain training and it still absolutely exists. Focusing on a puzzle until you've completed it, focusing on a task until you've completed it, get rid of the the things that are your interruptions. So put your phone in another room and and focus on task and find those things that get you into flow as well. We all have those things that flow generally comes from things that are a slight stretch for us. So they're not too easy and we also enjoy them. And if you get yourself into flow and actually can manage to focus and pay attention on something for around 20 minutes and then have a break and then go again for another 20 minutes, we can again start to train our brain that there is this opportunity to focus on something for more than a few seconds or minutes. That's really helpful, Sam. I think most people will take that advice uh, and start to hopefully implement it as well. I mean, going back to the organization, the, yeah. in some ways the organization has a, a responsibility as well. And yes, how absolutely. Can 
organizations, I guess, balance the need for employees to be connected and responsive, which obviously the digital mm. world and communication has, has, has unleashed in some ways, but also allowing them to have that space for focused time and downtime, which we know is important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is where the digital culture comes in, really, because the digital culture can be a highly negative and invasive place, you know, where we are constantly interrupted. So it is looking, first of all, at the digital solutions you're using as an organization and acknowledging which ones are essential in terms of comms and, you know, communications and which ones actually are more detrimental to performance. So analyzing all of that, looking at the interruptions that your employees are receiving and then working out a different solution to that. So it might be that rather than running a constant Teams chat, we have a meeting once a day to discuss any issues that have come up during the day for 10, 15 minutes. And then for the rest of the day, you're, you know, you're getting on with task. Um, it could be things like um, set hours of the day that like, right, okay, between one and two, we'll run a, a chat to discuss any issues that have popped up. But the rest of the time you crack on with your day um, so that there's not that constant stream coming through. Same with emails, having a positive email culture. So a culture that doesn't expect instant response to emails. Um, you know, if there is something that is urgent, then you need to work out a solution that's not an email for that urgency. And also the the copying in culture of like, oh, let's just copy everyone in on this so they know about it. Well, for them, that's more emails coming into their inbox. And is it things that they really need to be aware of? Or can they wait until the issue's been resolved and then they're given a this is what happened and this is how we resolved it, synopsis. Um, so they really have to look at their digital culture as a whole and what is happening within that digital culture. Surveys are actually really useful within this as well and, and understanding how your employees feel and what, uh, you know, and, and doing assessments that look at how often they're interrupted and then working on solutions that gradually reduce that down. There's no quick fix. There's no, you know, let's get rid of all the things we've used and go back to writing letters to each other. Um, it's really looking at, okay, how can we make this work so that we're getting less interruptions or there's less expectation to respond to emails instantly. Um, and then I think business leaders have a real responsibility with this as well. Um, you know, a lot of business leaders are sending emails outside of working hours and it might be that they need to catch up in the evening. It might be that they 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 don't feel they have a choice. But sending emails out of hours, even if you put in that email, I'm not expecting you. To, I know I've sent this at 10 p.m. at night. I'm not expecting a response now. It's sending the message to their team that to climb the ladder, to be you know to progress in your career, mm. you need to be switched on all the time. Um, and it's the new level of pre presenteeism. You know, in the past, it was like getting to the office early and leaving the office late was pre presenteeism. Now it's sending emails at 10 p.m. at night or responding to them at six in the morning. So business leaders have a responsibility to make sure that they don't send emails out of hours or, or comms out of hours, that when they're on annual leave, that they don't interact with their team while they're on annual leave. Um, and that they don't have the expectation of their team either to do that, that they have things in place that means that emails are being handled. They don't, you know, people don't need to be logging in um, while they're on annual leave. That's, that's, there's, some, there's a solution set in place for that. Um, and I think once you do all that, it just makes a massive difference to performance because people are coming back to the workplace refreshed. They have that switch off time. Um, and yeah, I think digital lead, uh, sorry, business leaders have that real responsibility now to be, positive digital role models yeah as i was going to say <clears throat> i think you touched on something quite powerful there that it's it's all about putting policies in place and 
and verbatims of what you should do and how you should do things, but actually it's the the role modeling in the workplace is yes. the key, isn't it? It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, if we're saying don't send emails after six o'clock or whatever it is, or don't do this, don't do that, or do this, the leader has to sort of initiate that and show that. Yeah. And I think that you know, the email culture, I think a lot of it, you know, you'll get caught caught up in it actually is it worth a phone call is it worth a meeting is it worth a walk over to the desk whatever it may be it's just thinking isn't it rather than just falling into that trap of just firing out emails and and off we go and expecting it that to be the way to to resolve that solution but i think role modeling is 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 so vital in in any cultural change in anything whether it's digital culture or other aspects of culture how you model uh, as a leader will demonstrate that you mean stuff because uh, people just mimic it show it and see it and that's well, they'll, start, they'll start to follow it no, um, absolutely agree it's 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 obviously challenging and I, and just just flipping it you know how do we change that behavior when somebody is working late at night i'm not talking a leader and talking somebody yeah. who's not a leader or somebody is sending stuff early or yeah. i don't know you can see it again how do we intervene there in a way that's still positive without you know because you want to you want to keep that hunger for people who want to sometimes yeah. work hard and the seasons in in work isn't it it's not all about working nine to five and that's it actually i have to work a little bit harder you know because success advice at times and it's just balancing isn't it i guess so so how do we how do we i guess challenge those behaviors yeah it's tricky because you don't want to be telling them off as you say because it is you know they're seeing it as a positive like i'm putting in the time i'm putting in the effort i'm committed um so it has to be it has to be put in a positive light to them and say like you know we think it's amazing how committed you are but we also know that this could be something that if everyone did it, we're going to be impacting everyone's well-being and performance. And that's not something we want to do as a business. So I think, you know, running sessions in-house with everyone rather than just highlighting one person often works really well. So discussing as a team, what are the best ways for us to perform at our highest abilities to commit ourselves to the organization and, you know, saying things like, we don't want you emailing out of hours because we know that that's you thinking about work in time that we want you to be relaxing, spending time with your family, etc. Um, so often that works on a, on a bigger kind of, let's do this as a team rather than, or you come and sit down, we need to talk to you about, you know, the fact you're sending emails at six in the morning and 10 at night. Um, so doing it as kind of a team, like, right, we all agree, this is how we're going to run now as a team works really, really well. Um, and yeah, just highlighting, asking them and having the conversation with them as well about, you know, do you feel you've got enough time in the day to perform? We've seen you sending emails out of hours. Is there some way we're holding you back and being able to do that within work time? Are you too stretched? Um, which a lot of people are now, let's face it, you know, Mm. businesses are cutting back on costs. They're making redundancies and not there's the the work still needs to be done. And a lot of people are taking on excessive workload that is meaning they're having to work outside of hours. So that has to be addressed too. I think it's really interesting, actually, the whole idea behind the four-day work week and the success, that actually, that that study and and trialing that in companies has had and shown that actually output and performance and productivity is exactly the same mm. and sometimes even higher when people are working four days instead of five days. It shows actually how that switch-off time is refreshing people and and giving them that time back um and also squeezing their time is making them more productive so i think it's something we that really kind of <laughs> highlights this point to leaders in a sense that 
you know, if we can discuss with people, okay, in what ways are they stretched and cannot perform and cannot, you know, do their job in the time that they've been allocated to do that job? And how can we work on that so that they don't have to be logging in out of hours? Um, mm. You know, I was, I was speaking to someone who was employed who we were talking about this subject and she said, that's all well and good, but if I don't, if I don't work in the evenings or at least, you know, put in a few hours at the weekend, I'm so far behind in my job that I'm highly stressed. And the balance there is not on her. It should be on the leaders to look at that mm. and go, well, hang on, something has gone wrong here in how we're running our business because the people that we have in our business are not able to do their job in the hours that we've given them. So yeah, there's, there's a big conversation there to be had really. Yeah, and that and that comes back to people feeling psychologically safe that they can mm. share and Absolutely. challenge and feel vulnerable when they, they say things. I'm, I feel I'm not doing because there's a sense of actually I feel I should be doing because everybody else is or appeared to be doing everything in the time, and I'm not. Therefore, I'm not good enough. And so there's, yeah. there's a vulnerability with that, and that's always a challenge. Going back to Absolutely. that 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 refreshing, you need to refresh ourselves. I remember that there's a story, isn't there? Of two woodchoppers. One just keeps going, chopping away, and one keeps stopping every so often to sharpen his blade, but actually gets through it quicker because he's got a sharper blade. And I think the one who keeps going, he's looking over, and they all keep stopping, but I'm going to keep going, I'll beat him. Yeah. But actually the one keeps stopping to sharpen his blade was more effective in the long term. And I think that's a lesson of taking some time out to refresh, yeah. whether that's evening, whatever it may be. Uh, to refresh so just looking into the into the future really uh, you know how do you see the sort of digital culture sort of, sort of evolve now and what do you think the implications are for this on organizations and individuals really as to help us thrive in this environment yeah i mean the problem is that digital solutions are in use of digital solutions is increasing it's not decreasing um so actually now is really important to get a grip on digital culture rather than before it gets to the point of excessive digital use that is really being detrimental and having to make a huge culture shift. Um, you know, I think it's even more important that leaders look at it right now and get a grip on it right now. Um, we're never going to get rid of digital solutions and I don't think we should because I think it's amazing that we have these digital transformations existing for organizations. Um, and so I think it now needs to be conversations and I just find it so interesting. I was doing a webinar yesterday with pharmaceutical companies and we talked about this point in terms of looking at things like stress and burnout and well-being and mental health organizations have never been more on it with that. You know, it's not something they just brush under the table anymore. They really kind of get on it and think about it and think about the impact it's having on the business. And yet very, very rarely is digital included in that conversation. Mm. Very rarely. And yet it's something that is it's a massive part, not only of our working lives, but our home lives as well. You know, the average smartphone user is spending over four hours a day on their phone. And most of that will be outside of working hours and just shows how plugged in we might be at work, but then we're going home or we're, we're shutting down for the day and we're plugged in still to digital solutions. So we're really spending the majority of our lives, our, our, our awake lives, it's somehow plugged into something digital. And so it does need to be a conversation in businesses. It does need to be something that is addressed now. And I think hopefully, you know, in five, 10 years time, 
it will just be a regular word to talk about digital culture, to talk mm. about talk about digital culture change, to understand the right ways of using digital solutions, to have a great relationship with them, to use them to increase productivity and to make sure that we're not doing the opposite in that and depleting people, impacting their well-being and impacting their performance. Yeah, I agree. And I think, it, as you say, it needs to be tied in with that whole burnout, mental health, well-being, because mm. it all sort of links to it, it really, isn't it? It's not the only thing that causes that, but it actually is part of it that drives it almost, in some ways, in a, in a negative way, facilitates it, yes. um, which is not very helpful. Um, yeah, it's been great uh, to hear your your passion and enthusiasm for this and, uh, and your insights you've shared, uh, Sam. If people want to connect with you and engage with you, what, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, you can do it through social media, which people always go, oh, God, the irony. But it's it's so true. You know, your best place to come and chat to me is on LinkedIn. Um, happy to connect on there. If you just search Sam Flynn, I'm sure you'll be able to find me. Um, and then uh, my website is samflynn.co.uk, where I share blog posts and lots of kind of resources about digital well-being. Um, and then finally, my YouTube channel, uh, which is Sam Flynn Digital, which has lots of videos on there. I try and post a video every single week, all about things like smartphone use and digital technologies and our relationship with them. Um, and there is quite a lot on there as well about digital culture and uh, digital in the workplace. So that's a good place to go to. Fantastic. Lots of resources that people can tap in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time today, Sam. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you like this episode, then please rate, review and share it with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, I coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions and it will help you go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation. You can contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.